even though it's only a memory, it, it can bring forth a feeling of this is really important or has some powerful quality to it. Wonderful, horrible. Uh, the feeling that we change to think of something else, concentrate the mind on the breath or or um, contemplate something else, then that disappears. Feeling that maybe a strong feeling that a memory can arouse. Then ask yourself, what is it that can, can know this? What is it in me that, that can contemplate like this, can, can, can remember, that can observe feeling? What is it that knows that you're feeling happy or sad? So today, what, what do you expect today? What do you mind when you think of today? Today's Sunday, and then things after we do have to do things, or we're expecting something, dreading something, or doubting something, or worrying about something. And these are these are also conditions of the mind that you can observe. You can, they're, they're objects in the mind itself. You can, that can, you can observe them because they're not yours. You can watch them because they're conditions that arise and cease. What is it that can know these for what they are? What is it that observes and can reflect? That knowing doesn't have a quality, doesn't it? It's not, as soon as you think me and mine, it's, that's another object in the mind, isn't it? What does worry or doubt or despair feel like? What is it, feeling of worry? of worrying about things. What does it feel like? What, is, what is it as a mood when, you, when you're worrying about something? Investigate, what does it feel like in your body, in the mood? So you can kind of objectify it and see it as a, as a thing rather than just react to it by indulgence or suppression. And what is it that can can know this? Is it what 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 is it? Or what is this ability, this strange ability we have to know things, to observe them, to witness the things, to the conditioned realm? Now if you stay with that knowing 
then you can you don't become the condition if you if you don't if you aren't mindful then you'll become the condition you'll become someone who worries someone who's despairing someone who doubting someone who always thinking about the past or this one's becoming all the time something the condition the aramana could say like Heather losing control of the mind oh just she becoming or everything every every condition that she's experiencing she becomes that way whatever condition happens to be in her mind she becomes like that that's kind of madness well we do that too don't we we usually become the condition of our mind. If there's doubt, we become somebody who's doubting. If we despairing or dissatisfied, we become somebody like that. We become a man or a woman. We become a monk or a nun. We become all the things, the roles, the conditions, the conventions. So that's the becoming, that's the Vedana, Bhajaya, Dhanha, Dhanha, Bhajaya, Upadana, Upadana, Bhajaya, Pawa, Pawa, Bhajaya, Chati. So that this sense of becoming and being reborn again as a condition. Like the body is born, isn't it? So if we become the body, then we uh, we're somebody we're a, we're a person a human being we're a body or a man or a woman but this uh, uh, knowing attention watching is the way to 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 be that be the knowing is to be attentive reflective mindful so knowing, noticing a mood like if you're feeling sad or despairing or doubting or in a negative mood what is it that can observe that there's that there's the mood itself isn't it then there's a, a knowing there's a recognition of it we usually say, I don't feel very good, I feel sad. We interpret it from the I am. Because that's, that's what we use, that's how we, that's the assumptions we make, is that I am this, I, I am the moods and the body and the feelings and the whole lot. But now we're, we're, we're letting go of that, we're, we're changing that we're not we're not assuming I am anything any condition at all we're not operating from the view that I am of the body the rupa the vedana sannyasa and karavinyana because we're letting go of the I am's to the purity of knowing mindfulness wisdom
And in the present, there's the breathing of the body, the sound of silence, ticking of the clock, the temperature is like this, is it, I neither feel hot nor cold, it's just, just light, feels this way. The mood. In Jitanupasana, Saripadana, the Jitta, mindfulness of the of Jitta. This is to be aware, to investigate, reflect on. What is your mind like? Does it feel, do you feel kind of uptight, blocked up, smothered, oppressed, sad? Do you feel happy? Is the mind bright? Is it dull? Is it elated or depressed? Is it confused or clear? Just to note that the the mind, the jitta, is what way it is. What kind of condition is there? Right now, it's quite empty. It's in my observation. Nothing there. There's no mood. And that's just uh, that's what I can observe is, is in Jitanupasana, but what, what do you see? What is it like? Not that it has to be anything, but it's to note what, like what being, feeling oppressed is, or being uh, sad, or being despairing, or where the mind is cramped, or free, or bright or dull. Now with the sound of silence, if you use that as uh, an object to kind of empty the mind with, go towards that. Because otherwise you tend to drift into the, uh, into the mood. You start getting depressed or becoming the mood you're, the mood that's in the mind. And practice just stepping outside the mood by by noting the sound of silence.
and sustain that, right? It sustains, say, the the attention to the sound of silence, the nada, or say, count of ten. And then notice what the mood is. Investigate this, the mood or what kind, what's left after that, is to notice. Like if you're feeling sad or despairing or doubtful, just discontented. What is that like as a mood? Try to objectify it as, a, as one thing, as an object. And then go to the sounds of silence to empty the mind so you don't get, get kind of become that mood. It's easy to just absorb right into the mood. And say, if you're doubting, like, is Buddhism my path? Can I do this? Is it true, or is it? Am I just fooling myself, or what does that feel like to really be not sure if you're doing the right thing, or whether Buddhism is true or not true? That's doubting, isn't it? That's uh, kicha. So note that, that sense of not being sure, not knowing what to do. What should I do? And then that feeling, that where the mind is, with the doubt, you, you, your mind stops, thinking mind stops for a moment. What should I do? Then listen to the sound of silence. Stay with that sound of silence for about ten counts. No, working with the mind on a subtle level, yeah. noticing the, the the mood, the jitta, the way the jitta feels. So that's that's a that's understand. You're putting attention on to some on that as an object rather than a reaction. Then you're, you're using the sound of silence as a, a way of, of, say, getting, letting go of the, of the mood of the mind. 
to get away from it. Otherwise, you get too absorbed into it. You just get depressed or become, or go around and around in the mood, because the mood can be quite, quite powerful. They have to develop this and uh, this practice in, in, in trusting it. There's something, uh, you know, you get moods of, of uh, kind of stubbornness or not wanting to be bothered doing this because there's something in us that's very resistant and rebellious. And desire, of course, is like that. Wants to wants to indulge, wants to be caught up in the mood. Sometimes it's irresistible to, to, to follow a mood, to become something. So this is, note that, 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 that desire to, just wanting to, I want to do it, I want to have my way, I want to do what I want to do. You can't, <laughs> not going to do it. Not going to do what Arjun Samedo says. Now it's working with, on the, with the Jitanu Pasana, with the Vedanu Pasana, you're Reflecting on the on the feeling and the attraction and repulsion and neutrality, neutral feeling, neither pleasant nor painful. And that works on all the senses, the Vedana of all the senses, the eye Vedana, but seeing something and being attracted, that's Vedana. There's note like the when you look at something, say, beautiful, the attraction of beauty, the feeling, that's Vedana. And if you're not mindful, then you create desire around that. Dunha, Vedana, Dunha, just say on visual feeling. Or something repulsive, like a, like a rotting uh, rat. You see this, this hideous corpse of a rat rotting with maggots in it. You, you see it with your eyes. Yuck. Don't want to look. And it, it's an it's a unpleasant Vedana, isn't it? Through the eyes. Or something that neither... They, Look at the, the wall, and the wall here neither doesn't, isn't attract nor does it repel. Neutral. Now you're aware of neutrality, like, like sound of silence tends to, it's neither, doesn't attract nor repel, or the breath, breathing, normal breathing is not attractive or repulsive. Neutral, ordinary to pay attention to ordinariness, to ordinary Vedana. 
you have to note like the, the, that they contemplate on the visual level just that which neither attracts nor repels. Like this. So on Vedanapasana, you, you're observing, witnessing the the pull of the sensory of the senses through the sounds, through the sights, through the smells, tastes, touch, through thought. Say a, a good mood, say a happy, ebullient mood was is is feels good, so we want to indulge in it. We get happy, whoopee, I'm so happy, I mean, what is wonderful, love it, best place in the whole world, everybody's wonderful, indulging in gladness, and then negative, I hate this place, I don't see, I've known those monks and nuns for so long, I, Oh, you know, certainly I'm not terribly impressed, and this one does that, and that one's like this, and blah, 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 blah. That's uh, being repelled. Positive, negative, neutral, neither elated nor negative, nor depressed. Is this way. The posture, sitting, sound of silence, breathing, touch of your robes on your skin, just subtleties of neither nor atukka matsukka. What is it that can witness this? What is it that that can practice the uh, the four foundations of mindfulness. What is it that's doing it? If one is the body, could the body see the body? Could this body contemplate itself? My body can't contemplate itself. My right hand, trying to contemplate the left one, can't even do that. I contemplate my left hand, right hand, nothing happens much less trying to get it to contemplate itself. But there's something that, that can contemplate the right hand that's not the right hand. That which observes the breath, what is that? When you're doing Anapanasati, what is it that, that can, can watch, that can concentrate, can notice, reflect on inhalation, exhalation? Because when you're thinking, then you, you get lost, you can't, you can't, you get, and, and say your mind wanders in thought, and then you're, you're no longer with the breath, but you, but when there's mindfulness of the breath, there's this knowing, but it's not the breath, is it? The breath can't contemplate itself. 
feeling can't contemplate itself. Good feeling can't, pleasant Vedana can't, can't contemplate unpleasant Vedana. And so forth. The, the, the mood you're in can't, can't see itself. If you're happy or depressed or bright or dull, that, that mood can't contemplate its, its, itself. It can't see itself like your eyes can't see themselves. Your ears can't hear themselves. Your tongue can't taste itself. But there is this ability to contemplate gaya, the body, the feeling, the, the mind, dhamma. What is that? Who does that? Is that uh, a man or a woman? Is it an English person or a French or American? Is it a monk or a nun? Is it me? as a person. When you're in a dark room or you're feeling that you're just falling into a dark hole that everything is black, do you ever get black moods where there's just everything turns black a kind of abyss, a dark pit But what is it that can observe the darkness? What is it that, that notices and can see the dark? And that's light, isn't it? There's, there's sati, there's panya, there's light noticing the dark. That's, a, that's the light, pure light. But if you're just <clears throat> getting frightened or reacting to the dark, then you're then you're becoming darkness, you're becoming frightened, ignorant by it. So reflecting in this way, you, you're taking, you're putting yourself into the, under the Bodhi tree. You're sitting on the axis mundi, the center of the universe. That's mindfulness is the path to the deathless. And by, by this attentiveness to the way things are, paying attention, being that which is knowing and alert, not becoming that way, not becoming somebody who's mindful. If you still think in terms of becoming mindful, you got it wrong. So when you, you want to say something, say it's the refuge, Buddha, seeing Dhamma. That's the refuge. There's the refuge of Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. 
Now, when the absorption into the aroma, the aramana, is you become anal all the time. That's the rebirth. So you're endlessly going around. It's this, what they call vata sangsara, or they just endless cycles, eternal cycles, going around in circles. So the mind, like dealing with a doubt, Say, say uh, if you're doubting about f offenses in Vinay and all this, doubting, uh, having doubts about Sangadisesa offenses, or, or doubting about whether you're getting anywhere or whatever, then this, uh, if you think about it all, you try to figure it out, thinking, about it and trying to to know what was my real intention or should I or was it this way or that way or whatever then you you go around and around and around so what does samsara it's endless it's endless it drives you crazy so so observe the doubt. That sense of not being sure. The sound of silence. The breath. Go towards the way things are. To the, to the very basis of being, like breathing, silence. Stay with that for a while and then begin to notice the, the, the kind of the anxiety or the doubt or, and it starts coming back again. Isn't that sense of having to do something or having to solve a problem or wanting to know and this is, this is the desire, dunha, habit, always wanting to, to know things and be sure and on, on the level of conditionality. Having all the right words, the right answers, the right conditions, everything kind of neatly tied up and properly arranged in, in order. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. One, two, three, four, five. Well, this is the desire to, to to know things, with have a name for everything, have be sure about everything, is is bawadanha. So in in uh, contemplating this, that's you're, you're contemplating this danha. Don't don't absorb into the danha of it. Don't absorb into that, but recognize, understand dunha, and let it go. Allow it to be the way it is so it can go. You don't have to hang around it, so you can go back to the breath or the sound of silence. 
And this is very important, otherwise you'll never get beyond this, this self-doubting, this whole... It's quite powerful. This, this, the ego is so powerful. And uh, the fears and, and uh, that, that, that surround the, the reactions we have to things, the, the importance we give to the conditioned realm, We make it important, we give it its kind of its quality of importance. Another thing, Sarah, is that feeling I've got to do something. I've got to get rid of something. I've got to become something. It's like this this compulsion, obsessive tendency at samsara it's so easy to, to just operate from that from being a, a, a from becoming all the time no one's becoming this thing that goes on endlessly there's always something more to do in the samsara it never ends it just goes around and around and there's a there's always a sense of I've got to be doing something as long as you're attached to condition, conditions as self, then there's always this, this sense of, of discontentment, dissatisfaction. There's always something more to do. They've got to, there's always, and when you think too much, it just seems so much to do. There's just so much. You can't stand it. It's just, I don't, can't do it. I'm just a weak creature. How can you expect me to go on like this? So much. You've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this, got to do that, and then this, and that, and that, and that, and then something wrong. I should be more like this, I should be less like that. Uh, got to develop this, and got to develop that, and, and this, and that, and forth, forth, and on, and on, and on. And then there's my karma and previous lives, possible, you know, resultant karma from previous births, and, and on and on, the Iraqi war, and it never ceases. There's something always not right. A worm in the apple. A snake in the garden. A fly in the ointment. A pimple on the nose. There is it. It shouldn't be like this. The conditioned realm should be perfect. I can all monks and nuns should be happy and we should all be grateful and we should all be enlightened and fulfilled and contented and humble and not conceited and easily satisfied, not burdened with duties, frugal in our ways. <laughs> That's how we should be. But then we find ourselves burdened with duties and not very frugal and proud and unskillful. <laughs> Shouldn't be like that. It should be the other way. So 
that's the ideal realm. That's the conditions, conditioned realm of ideals. Those are the gods and the devadas and the, the beautiful idols. The, the beautiful Greek images, the, the Buddha Rupas, the aesthetic per perfections of form in art and form and color. But they're conditioned, aren't they? They're, they're ideas, they're ideals, but they don't, but that's all they are. That's, they're something to look to and admire and contemplate rather than attach to and compare yourself always with the ideal. Compare reality of living and feeling with ideals that you have. You're always going to feel like a horrible failure because, because you, you'll, never, you'll never become an ideal. And nothing will ever become ideal on a permanent basis. It is the way it is. What is it that can reflect and observe that? There's, a, there's wisdom there, isn't it, that can recognize the nature of things. And what I say about ideals, is that just my, uh, Arjun Sumedho's opinion? Is that just, well, that's your opinion, but I think <clears throat> ideals are, are really feeling, living, breathing uh, creatures, you know. My ideas, my idea of a perfect monk, that, that is a real, that's a really sensitive feeling condition. Or is it, when, when I'm hanging on to ideas, I lose sensitivity. If you notice, I, peop, idealistic people are usually quite insensitive. Uh, when we're fastened on to how things should be and ideas, we sometimes can't recognize anything, anything that's happening around us. We're so we're so inflated with our ideas. You're not sensitive anymore. There's no sensitivity in an idea. Even the idea of being sensitive is insensitive. <laughs> so obviously, that's not, they're not. That ideas aren't meant to be that way. They are. What are they for? What is? What are ideas for? Anyway, how are they to be used as dhammas? So ideals inspire us, don't they? We can be inspired by them. Inspiration is, is energizing, isn't it? We, inspiration gives us energy. When we don't have inspiration, we, we can feel really uh, kind of wiped out burnt up. So sometimes we, we just want to be inspired to get kind of quick energy like a bar of chocolate.
But in the refuges, it's not in being inspired. It's a re- inspiration is not a refuge. Buddha, Dhammasanga is a refuge. It's being the knowing, the listener, the witness. That this is the the this is conscious, being conscious, isn't it, with wisdom. We're using Dhamma as our guide, as our refuge. So there's, we're contemplating Dhamma. Dhamma is are the teachings of the Buddha. What the Buddha taught Dhamma, which is all that is subject to rising is subject to ceasing. There's the condition, unconditioned. There's samsara, nibbana. There's there's grasping and non-grasping, there's desire, dhanha, there's raga, and then viraga. There's becoming, and there's deathlessness. There's death, there's deathlessness. There's mara, and there's amara. So that reflecting on Dhamma isn't just thinking about it, is it? Figuring it out with thought, but applying those teachings to the way thing to our ability to observe the way it is. Because they, they help us, they point to the way it is, they help us to they remind us to observe the way it is rather than to just react to the way it is make the same old mistakes, going from the same old assumptions, habits, and just go round and round and round and round forever in samsara. Now notice when samsara takes you over, you caught despair, oh, uh, dukkha, then as there's awareness of it, non-attachment is like this. As soon as you're aware of samsara, then there's no samsara stops. But if you're trying to get rid of samsara, then you're then you're always just wanting to get rid of something and become something and get rid of something, become something. Bhavadana, Vipavadana keep you being reborn all the time in samsara. So it goes around and around for eternity until you you recognize it for what it is. So in that that position of the Buddha of knowing the Dhamma. Practicing the Dhamma is the is the Sangha. Those who practice the Dhamma. So the Buddha knows the Dhamma, and there's the practice of the Dhamma, and so these are the refuges. Buddha Dhamma Sangha. Practicing it. This is investigating like we've been doing this morning, isn't it? This is this is Sangha. 
this is not you as a person and that there's nothing because as Sangha you you can give up being a person or a or a, a man or a woman or a monk or a nun or any of that you can just give it all up that's not the issue because we're as Sangha we're we're practicing Dhamma now so we're one in Sangha at this moment is this the Sangha practicing the Dhamma rather than me practicing the Dhamma? So the Sangha has this sense of collective, individuals collected together, but it's one because we're, we are practicing the Dhamma. We're not each doing our own thing, thinking, our, believing our own thoughts, doing what we want according to Dhamma Dhanna, Bhava Dhanna, Vipavadhanna. So that Sangha is a union or a communion. It's a com communion. A church. A community. Is one, is one thing, one refuge for all of us. It's the, with the, those practicing the Dhamma. <coughs> so it doesn't matter who we are, the personalities, is it, or our position, or our qualifications, or our appearance, or status, or lack of it, or that's not. Those are things that can be seen as conditions rather than as realities. So where's the abbot of, Chit of Amravati right now? It's a condition in the mind, isn't it? There's Sangha contemplating the Dhamma rather than Venerable Sumato thinking he's an abbot. <coughs> 